0: Joining us on today's episode of Locked On Phillies for a Locked On Phillies, Locked On Pirates crossover, it is Ethan Smith ahead of uh, the Phillies and Pirates playing a three-game series at PNC Park in Pittsburgh this weekend. And also, you know, Phillies made the uh, trade that everyone was expecting uh, today with the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, for a AAA reliever. Not exactly Tyler Anderson. Not exactly a blockbuster move. We're sitting here recording this just hours before the MLB trade deadline. Something might break as we're recording. Something might. Break just after we get done recording. That is the fun of trade deadline day. But uh, before I go on any further, Ethan, how are you doing today?
1: Doing all right, man. I mean, the Pirates. I haven't really gotten a lot of sleep this week uh, because one, we're also you're the Phillies host. The other day, of course, we traded Tyler Anderson to you, and then there was like a four hour saga of not trading him to the Phillies and then trading him to the Mariners. It all started with Adam Frazier going to the Padres, and then everything else is just went like downhill and I'm not very optimistic about the series against the Phillies either, considering we just got outscored 28 to three against the Brewers. So we'll see how it goes this weekend.
0: Yeah. Give me your, uh, your assessment of the pirates trade deadline thus far. And again, as we sit here just a few hours before uh, the deadline, what do you, you know, what are you anticipating happening here?
1: Um, So I've liked what we've done. Um, Charrington so far now counting the Phillies trade that was made today has acquired eight prospects so the thing that i like to see from this though is a lot of these guys are at the top of their farm systems from where they came from like the mariners trade specifically they're up there uh and especially the padres trade showed this off with tucapita marcano who is a number five prospect in a very solid Padres system that features guys like Mackenzie gore louis campusano and um one guy that a lot of people pirates fans wanted to get uh was um cj abrams but that was not going to happen um, but Marcano was fifth on that board, he's almost MLB ready, and he comes into the Pirates farm system. And everybody's like, Okay, he'll probably be like 15, 14 ish. He drops to 35, depending on what metric you read. He's in the 30 to 38 range, so that just really tells me that Charrington has made good trades, bringing in more good guys good prospects, but none of them are already at the ceiling that some of the guys we have already which is a good thing because now you've just built up a farm system that's not only built on quality, but you have so many different options in the middle infield, in the outfield, in the pitching staff now. One guy who's been very good also from the Padres trade already is Jack Sawinski. He went right to Altoona, hit two home runs already. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm liking what I see. Uh, I think some people, including myself, kind of overvalued Adam Frazier, overvalued some of these guys, but I've liked what I've seen so far.
0: And in terms of any other players you would like to see go, you expect to see go at this point, you know, we're talking about a Pirates team. Is You know, I think it's pretty safe to say they're in rebuilding mode, 22 and a half games out of first place in the NL Central. You know, one of the worst records in all of baseball. How much of the reset mode are you hitting here with the Pirates? Is there anyone off limits? Because as you've mentioned, there have been a number of guys who have had good seasons for the Pirates, but, you know, could find themselves on the way out.
1: Um, well, as of right now, the only untouchables I'd say would be key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. Uh, a lot of people who know nothing about the Pirates were like, oh, we can get Brian Reynolds, but don't realize that if we would have traded, for example, if we would have traded Brian Reynolds to the Padres, it would have taken CJ Abrams and Mackenzie Gore. That's how much they value Brian Reynolds, which is why they need to extend him. Key Brian Hayes, for obvious reasons, because he's a much younger player, is also untouchable. But Yesterday, I heard things about Kevin Newman. He's more of a defensive first shortstop right now as average is low. But the one guy that I'm still surprised they haven't moved, but I'm not mad that they haven't moved him, is Richard Rodriguez. Richard Rodriguez has been one of the better closers in baseball. The Phillies were also interested in Richard Rodriguez, which was very interesting that even after the Tyler Anderson fiasco, that they didn't at least try to like go get Rodriguez. And now you see the Blue Jays, who were another team that were interested in him, go get Jose Barrios in what sent Simon Woods Richardson and Austin Martin over there for a pretty big haul. So I'd like to see Rodriguez get moved just because I think he's at the peak of his value. He still has a couple years of team control as well. But if he doesn't get moved, I'm not going to be terribly mad about it. Some bullpen arms are still there as well. Chris Stratton was another guy I thought that Braden Nogle was the last guy I thought that we could trade it. Uh, but Chris Stratton's another guy that could be in there. I've heard rumblings of David Bednar. Uh, he hasn't allowed an earn run in 10 appearances this month. Um, but he's a Pittsburgh kid, so I don't want him to go. Outside of that, I mean, realistically, the only other shot in the dark player I could see them trading is Jacob Stallings. I expect one more trade, and at that point, I think they'll be done.
0: Richard, Rod- Richard Rodriguez, rather, was the guy I was going to bring up just because he's been rumored to go a number of places. He's been one of the top closers in baseball this year. He's kind of fallen off production-wise ever since the spider Tack stuff, but for the most part has had a pretty solid, more than a solid season. Um, and for a team like the Phillies and a number of teams who could always use bullpen help, who think they're on the cusp of contending. Are you surprised that as of, I'm looking at the clock, 12.53 p.m., On Friday, July 30th, that Richard Rodriguez is a Pittsburgh Pirate.
1: Yes, actually. I thought the three guys that I definitely thought that were going to be moved were going to be Rich Rod, Adam Frazier, and Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson was a rental for obvious reasons. He was on a one-year deal. The pirates had no reason to keep him. Adam Frazier was at the peak of his value, and I think he is going to see a drop a little bit in his value over the rest of the year and next year. I mean, he's done this before, but he's never done it consistently and become an all-star. And then Richard Rodriguez, just because I thought, and I've seen it, the closer market and the pitching market, this this trade deadline especially, has been absolutely nuts. I mean, you could see that too. Like, I mean, Max Scherzer reportedly gets traded to the Padres and then all of a sudden him and Trey Turner get sent to the Dodgers. You've seen Jose Barrios get traded. You've seen Clay Holmes, even from the Pirates, get moved to the Yankees. Um, the Yankees have done a lot of good things too. The pitcher market is just so deep that I'm surprised that nobody's at least just, I'm sure teams have at least dipped their foot in the pool on Rodriguez, but I guess Charrington hasn't seen anything that he likes. And that's one thing that I like about what Charrington has done is if he doesn't see what he likes, he's not just going to make a trade to make a trade. That's what you need to do in these kind of things, maximize the value that you can get. And if he's still here by the end of the trade deadline, I fully expect an off season trade. Like, I fully expect it.
0: In terms of the Phillies, you know, this is a team that just kind of give you the Phillies perspective on this. There's been buy or sell debates, you know, basically for the last month and a half. This is a team that, in my opinion, well, not in my opinion, just has been painfully average so far. They win a few games, they lose a few games. They win a game here, they lose a game here. There are 102 games this season. They are exactly 551 51 and 51. They have been 500. 21 separate times and yet because of where they stand in the national league east and no one's running away with this division they were in any other division in baseball they would be sellers they would be out of it because they're in the nl east they sit there you know they're constantly within three four games whatever the case might be so then the question was well how aggressively do you buy is just trying to make it to the division series enough are you taking the standpoint of well just get in the playoffs anything can happen which you know to an extent is true I think this rotation needs to be bolstered massively. I really like the Tyler Anderson trade, not that Tyler Anderson's like a household name or like going and getting a Max Scherzer, but he would have been a quality three, four starter for this team who is much better than the likes of Vince Velasquez. We'll get into a little bit later here. Who's as of right this second projected to start tonight in Pittsburgh better than Spencer Howard, who can't give you more than three innings, even though he's supposed to be your top pitching prospect in the organization better than Matt Moore, you went and signed this past offseason, better than Chase Anderson, who has been basically relegated to the bullpen because he can't start games for you. This rotation certainly needs help. I thought a move like Tyler Anderson made a lot of sense. I Not that the Phillies have a ton of spro- prospects to begin with, but if they wanted anything in the form of a, a Scherzer, of a Kimbrel, of there was talk of Chris Bryant, which I thought was too big of a splash to be going after, Mm-hmm. not it, just based upon where the Phillies are. And I would have rather them gone pitcher anyway. I thought a modest pitcher move like a Tyler Anderson made sense. And of course, as you mentioned, there were health complications that kind of held things up there, but we're sitting here just a little more than three hours before the deadline and the Phillies, you know, just have not done anything more. And with the exception of uh, Bray Nogle, i will ask you about in a second, but I-, I think it makes sense for the Phillies to try and add, add, marginally for lack of a better way of putting it, try and win this division. You're not forking over, you know, if you're the Dodgers, it's different. You won the world series last year. You're in full pedal to the metal mode here. You can afford to go after Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, again, household names, bona fide, you know, either start, you know, big time bat in your lineup or bona fide ACE. Right. So if I'm the Phillies, I thought a move like that made sense. There's been a number of pitcher names that are, have been thrown out there. You know, Colorado has been shopping. Herman Marquez and John Gray, even more specifically, uh, has been rumored with the Phillies. Um, there's been a few other names. Jose Barrios just got traded uh, for actually a pretty good haul of prospects, uh, returning Austin Martin, who I believe is the you know fifth ranked prospect in baseball. Um, so, you know, guys are on the move here. It's been a big trade deadline thus far, not necessarily for the Phillies, but it's an interesting place where they kind of find themselves here and I just I just hope they do something because again if they keep the roster as is if they essentially stand pat which is what they've done so far they've added a triple a pitcher they're going to end the season 500 they've done it up to this point they are not they're going to fall a few they're going to sit there and say we fell a few games short of the playoffs because of how our division was but that's not really indicative necessarily how this season went at least in my opinion so that's kind of where I'm at with the Phillies. Uh, but i will throw it back to you. You know, what's the word? I don't know how much you do or don't know if you've ever seen the guy pitch uh on Braden Braden Ogle just because I have no other guys to talk about. Again, it's not Tyler Anderson when we initially booked this, uh, you know, or set this up to to do this call and a crossover episode. I believe at that moment Tyler Anderson was supposed to be a Philly, it got undone. Yeah. And now we're sitting with Bray Nogle. So because I have nothing else to get excited about or to react to, what do you have on this guy? What, what are the Phillies getting in a A arm?
1: Um, so over his career, I'll give you like numbers first. Over his career, I mean, the guy over five years of being a guy in the minors, he's pitched 162 innings, which is good, 162 strikeouts to 73 walks. It's not a terrible uh, K to st- or walk rate. And one of the more interesting things, things that you bring up about the Phillies, especially if you see it on Twitter all the time is, oh, this bullpen blows games for them on the regular. Ogle has never had an ERA above a four in his career. Uh, He was a starter, of course, when he first came in, but ever since he's been more of like a reliever and more of a guy that comes in and can get you an inning or two without giving up any runs. And realistically, he comes in with a three, uh, basically a three uh, ERA. I mean, a 3.1 ERA on his career runs allowed per nine innings, uh, 3.83. He's a really good guy. I mean, he never got called up to Pittsburgh just because of the influx of talent that was there at first, especially in 2016, 2017. But the thing is with Ogle is again, I would mainly look at, as you said, um, the Phillies seem like they need help in the bullpen. And I would look at it, which is very ironic today that they traded him today because it's also his birthday. So, Philly fans, make sure you extend a good happy birthday to him. And it'd be more interesting, too, that the game's in Pittsburgh. I know he won't be a Philadelphia Philly right now, but it'd be hilarious if he suited up for the Phillies tonight. Um,
0: that, that has happened, by the way. I think it was Jake yeah. Diekman was the last guy who literally went across the clubhouse. Yep. Uh, stuff, stuff like that does take place.
1: Yeah, and um, in 31 and a half innings so far this year, I mean, 31% of the guys he's faced, he struck out. Uh, he's only walked 17% of those guys. Uh, he has a 50 grade fastball. That's going to always be his best pitch. Um, 94, 96 miles per hour. Um, and the thing is with him too, is like, he's just consistent. And it seems like where you brought up inconsistency, Braden Ogle is consistent. Again, not a household name, not a lot of guys that people are going to know, but from reports I've seen from most Pittsburgh beat writers, the reason this trade was made is because Abraham Gutierrez is a like lower in the system and they're both rule five eligible. And it's a ton easier to keep a guy, if he's Rule 5 eligible, like a Gutierrez, who's lower in the system than it is to keep a AAA reliever. But I would fully expect if the Phillies made this trade, they would keep him and they should keep him because he could be a help in that bullpen that really just needs an influx of consistency. And going into the series, which we'll get into later, I mean, if the Phillies can win three games here in the series, which they, in all terms, should... um, that'd be huge for them. I mean, it really would be. And But I like this trade for both teams. We already liked Gutierrez. Obviously, he was a part of the Anderson deal. Now we get him a different way. So for, for Phillies fans, I wouldn't get like bounce off the walls happy about Braden Ogle, but he's somebody that you can look to to bring you like one or two consistent innings after a starter comes out.
0: Yeah, just in terms of the series at PNC Park this weekend, Uh, First of all, the Phillies just have not been a good road team for a while here. They generally struggle away from Citizens Bank Park, as I mentioned, painfully average this entire season as we sit here on July 30th, 51 and 51. Seems like they win a game, lose a game, win two, lose two. No no matter how you slice it up, they're going to win just as much as they lose. And a lot of the losses are painful and a lot of the wins are they had two huge comeback wins against the Nationals just to stay at 500 here this week both on walk-off home runs this is a team that often plays down to its competition so you're right you know the Phillies should win three somehow they won't hopefully they can at least win two of three from the Pirates uh this weekend give me an inside look you know what's keeping you you know besides hosting locked on Pirates and just being you know a baseball die hard at heart what is uh you know what's keeping you coming back to watch this Pirates team day in and day out even before the trade deadline like Obviously, they're not having a good season. Wasn't that long ago that the Phillies were having seasons similar to this? I'm not gonna pretend like it's totally flipped a corner or anything. That's the longest long. playoff drought in the National League for the Phillies. Haven't made the playoffs since the year 2011. But there have been some seasons that you're just not even close. You're 20 games out by the turn of August. The dog days of summer. The ballpark's more than you know three quarters empty, and there's a lot of AAA guys you haven't heard of. What has kept you watching up to this point? What's what's had your attention up to this point? And over the last two months of the season, I mean, are we going to see a triple A lineup here this weekend, or you know, what what's kind of give, give me the season summary for the Pirates?
1: Um, so obviously, the key Brian Hayes injury earlier in the year was kind of unfortunate, but he's obviously back now. He has been kind of in a slump lately. The up and in fastballs have kind of been hurting him, but. I'm looking for him now with Adam Frazier getting traded and some of these guys leaving to take a leadership role. I know he's very young, but that's what they want to see in him. They want to see him take a leadership role. Um, I'm happy Brian Reynolds bounced back from what was an abysmal 2020. I've thrown every stat I've seen in 2020 out the door in terms of any player that I watched last year. And outside of 2020, Brian Reynolds is a career above 300 hitter. So why would I consider a 60 game season where he hit under 200? Um, JT Brubaker, who's been a very good pitcher for us this year, he was a very big surprise for us. Um, I've heard his name at Trade Hawks as well. Uh, as far as like what I'm looking for over the next two months, I mean, realistically, it's not really about obviously record at this point. You've already you're already out of the playoff picture. That's not even a question. Um, individual performances, I mean, it's nice to see See a guy like Rodolfo Castro. I believe his streak ended last night, but his first five hits in the majors were all home runs. He's the first player since 1901 to ever do that. So that was nice to see. Uh, John Nagowski has been a very big surprise. He was very fun. He was a waiver pickup from the Cardinals with the Colin Moran injury. More importantly, we have some guys coming back from injuries, though. Steven Brault, he's in a rehab assignment right now. I'm excited to see what he can bring again. He'll basically be the left-hand pitcher replacement for Anderson. He's been very decent over his career. Mitch Keller, who we optioned to AAA, is now coming back. I want to see if he learned anything down there or if he's just becoming a lost cause. If you remember, Mitch Keller was a top prospect in baseball not even a couple years ago, uh, but he's never been able to find it. Um who replaces Adam Frazier? I like Castro as the replacement, but if we bring up Marcano, that'd be nice to see him play. Um, Ben Gamble, I'd like to see him finish this season off pretty well, maybe come into next year as an outfielder to give some of these young guys some time. Um, Outside of that, realistically, what keeps bringing me back is just the fact that I'm a Pirates fan. I know that's like kind of like the boring answer, but uh, what keeps bringing me back is individual performances. I mean, if JT Brubaker goes out there or Will Crow, like you said, who starts tonight, goes out there, pitches six good innings, nice to see. Maybe it leads to something better. Um, I already have my key Brian Hayes jersey, so I'm already fully sold on them, so I might as well watch him play. And as I've told Pirates fans all year, if you want to watch, I, I hate to say it this way, more entertaining baseball, go watch the Indianapolis Indians or, or as advocated, the Indianapolis Guardians um, go watch the Altoona curve, go watch the Greensboro grasshoppers. Cause you're going to get to see all these guys that are going to be up here soon. And that's the other thing I could say. I host a podcast on the team right now. That's not very good, but come three or four years, I'm going to know almost everything about all these guys because I've taken the time to watch them play.